section sixty seven of final report of the advisory committee on human radiation experiments this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. final report of the advisory committee on human radiation experiments case studies chapter thirteen part three human radiation experiments in the nineteen fifties experiments are not classified but some secrets remain the nineteen forty seven nineteen forty eight aec declassification controversy may have taught shields warren and other aec biomedical officials that secrecy and human radiation experimentation were a troubling mix to be avoided if possible the search efforts of the human radiation interagency working group and the committee located very few human radiation experiments in the post manhattan project period that were classified secrets none the less important information relating to many experiments was still intentionally concealed from the public when the aec and dod debated the need for human experiments for the proposed nuclear-powered airplane nepa in nineteen fifty warren and the advisory committee for biology and medicine counseled the defense department that there would be serious repercussions from a public relations standpoint if human experiments were conducted by an agency that did some of its work in secret as we saw in chapter one in march nineteen fifty one los alamos asked warren to state the policy on human experimentation in transmitting to los alamos excerpts from general manager wilson's november nineteen forty seven letter to stone which cited the requirement for informed consent warren added further counsel against secrecy warren cited the medical board of review's public declaration that secrecy should only be countenanced when required by national security he then quoted acbm chairman alan gregg the secrecy with which some of the work of the atomic energy commission has to be conducted creates special conditions for the clinical aspects of its work in that the public is aware of this necessity for secrecy and of the subsequent difficulty of probing into it when in nineteen fifty two the d o d s joint panel on the medical aspects of atomic warfare called for renewed discussion of human experiments warren reportedly advised that studies of this type under the joint panel's purview should be conducted by the public health service or some agency where security restrictions would not lead to misunderstanding thus warren and gregg's statements convey a profound concern for the public's perception of human experiments particularly where human experiments are conducted by agencies that also conduct activities in secret under paul abersold the aec isotope distribution program the provider of the source material for many hundreds of human experiments became a showcase for public research see chapter six at the defense department as well biomedical human radiation experiments even when there was clear military purpose were typically not classified for example post manhattan project total body irradiation research sponsored in part by the military in the wake of the controversy that raged when similar human experiments were proposed for the nepa project was not conducted in secret see chapter eight but if the experiments themselves were not secret important decision-making context for them was sometimes secret 
and hidden rules or practices may have also limited what the public was told about particular experiments the ability of the public and the press to probe experiments connected to secret programs was limited making it difficult for the public to critically assess the practices of its government for example the 1950-1952 meetings in which the DOD biomedical officials discussed the need for an ethical code to govern human experiments were classified. So were the meetings of the Joint Panel on the Medical Aspects of Atomic Warfare. Similarly, meetings of the ACBM were often conducted in part or whole in secret these meetings as we have seen from the review of the nineteen forty seven nineteen forty eight secret keeping included seminal discussions of the ethics of human experimentation and the rules governing declassification of experimental data to some degree experiments sponsored by civilian agencies such as the national institutes of health were also rooted in this secret context the 1952 letter that reported warren's belief that human experiments should be separated from secret programs communicated the willingness of nih and phs to cooperate in conducting research needed for military purposes these civilian agencies were themselves participants in dod biomedical planning for atomic warfare and their research was also listed in the secret digests which included classified and non-classified research of atomic warfare-related research that the DOD's Committee on Medical Sciences provided to the Joint Panel on the Medical Aspects of Atomic Warfare. Also in 1952, an internal report on Defense Activity of the National Institutes of Health, 1950-52, noted that a second major activity of the NIH relating to radiation research has been participation in the medical and biological aspects of atomic bomb tests. A large share of this activity has been borne by the Armed Forces Special Weapons Project. The substance of this work is classified. The country's research resources should have been available to serve national security needs. But, as Warren and Gregg suggested, when human research and national security are intertwined care must be taken to ensure that the public has means to separate out secret and non-secret purposes with confidence at this time it is not clear what if any classified human radiation experiments were conducted by dhhs's predecessors and what was said in secret about otherwise public human radiation experiments similarly while most aec biomedical radiation research was not classified some was from available records it appears unlikely that much of the secret research involved humans but given the secrecy and the absence of clear records certainty is impossible moreover even if little human subject radiation research itself was classified information about the research could be concealed by less formal means as we discussed in the introduction and chapter ten in july nineteen forty nine the nepa advisory group met with a group of psychologists and psychiatrists to discuss the psychology of radiation risk the participants were told this is not a closed meeting some of our advisers have not been cleared ordinarily medical and biological discussions are not of course classified we shall ask you however to refrain from discussing these matters on the outside 
since of course we do not want newspapers to know of these discussions at this time moreover the determination to render information formally secret could be applied in a manner that was invisible and arbitrary as illustrated by the following case at mid-century the medical college of virginia m c v performed research on the effect of thermal burns for the defense department m c v's research conducted with animals prisoners and medical students initially appears to have been a matter of public record in january nineteen fifty one following inquiry by a reporter from the richmond times dispatch m c v investigator dr everett i evans grew alarmed that press reports decrying the use of dogs would greatly harm the work we are doing on the experimental burn in relation to atomic bomb injuries evans called on the chairman of the army's medical research and development board to classify the work so that i would have legal means of preventing a public newspaper discussion of these experiments the army immediately provided a declaration that all work under the mcv contract will be classified restricted the army decreed that a bureaucratic obstacle course would have to be overcome before information was released including coordination with the experimenters and evaluation by the other branches of the armed forces the federal civil defense administration the national security resources board the atomic energy commission and the national research council this rigor was essential because individual releases may be mistaken for official advice to civil defense groups and result in confusion of training and procedure the stockpiling of unnecessary or inappropriate materials etc finally perhaps on the possibility that the local reporter might be uniquely dogged the army added that it is also the policy of the department of defense that public releases to the press are made simultaneously to all national news services and that the releases are not made to individual reporters or newspapers while the secrecy was prompted by revelations on animal experiments in late nineteen fifty one dr evans invoked it to close the curtain on the use of prisoner volunteers at the state penitentiary the prison assured evans that inmates and staff were informed that no publicity should be given to the experiment being carried on at the medical college in the case of research related to chemical and biological warfare the military issued a secret edict that published articles be cleansed of any reference to military purpose in many cases the opportunity to obscure the full purpose of research by careful wording was obvious as a dod document put it the term radiobiology is so flexible semantically that depending upon the investigator's point of view any project could be classified as clinical or basic or nuclear weapons effects in 1961 the u s department of agriculture issued an extensive bibliography of research on strontium and calcium the preface made clear that publication was relevant to those researching fallout radioactive strontium being a major fallout concern however advisory committee staff review of many of the articles on human experiments included in the bibliography revealed few indications of fallout as a purpose for research the difficulty of determining what was secret is compounded because the government sometimes actively deceived or lied 
most remarkably the aec continually told inquiring members of the public that it did not perform human experiments even when its isotope division very publicly supported them in nineteen forty eight for example the aec wrote to a member of the public that there is no possibility at present or projected of human experimentation with atomic energy in nineteen fifty one when the press pursued a rumor that the aec was sponsoring an experiment with prisoners the aec's chief public information official assured the associated press that the aec has never sponsored a medical research project where human beings were being used for experimental purposes in nineteen fifty three the aec wrote to members of the public that it does not deliberately expose any human being to nuclear radiation for research purposes unless there is a reasonable chance that the person will be benefited by such exposure at the same time an internal aec memo from the public information office noted that any experimentation on humans has obvious and delicate public relations aspects any project involving such experimentation must have careful prior consideration by both the field and washington particularly as to content of any public statements as we saw in chapter twelve uranium miners were not adequately informed about the purpose of research regarding their exposure to radon in the mines above and beyond lack of disclosure there is evidence that deception was not unusual in data gatherings on aec workers as illustrated by a nineteen fifty five exchange between the university of rochester's dr lewis hempelman and the aec division of biology and medicine regarding a proposed study evidently designed to measure the occurrence of lung cancer among a group of former workers you will have to find a good excuse so as not to worry the person you are contacting hempelman wrote to d b m chief charles dunham this isn't very clever but perhaps you could say in some convincing way that you or rather the person conducting the study represents a life insurance company studying the health of people employed by the harshaw company during a certain period dr hempelman apologized for his lack of imagination i don't know whether these ideas are helpful at all it is more difficult to find an excuse for these individual workers than it is in the case of patients who were treated for something or other at a hospital i think that someone with imagination might come up with a better idea than i have had to date this last comment implies that it was not only workers but also patients who were deceived about their participation in research and more easily at that the statement is particularly striking when it is recalled that dr hempelman was as an adviser to robert oppenheimer a proponent of the plutonium injection experiments and following the war became professor of experimental radiology at the university of rochester a major aec biomedical contractor thus if the statement is a reflection of the readiness to deceive patients it is one made by a doctor at the centre of the aec biomedical community and indeed was made directly to the head of the aec's division of biology and medicine dunham's assistant evidently agreed that workers should be deceived but we have racked our brains for any useful subterfuge in carrying out the study but none came to mind which could possibly hold water for any length of time the aec opted for subtle deception 
the attack with which we are going to start the study will be to inform the old harshaw employees that our interest in them is only part of an overall program to make sure that the safety controls in the atomic energy business are absolutely perfect to be sure such an approach might cause some alarm but this should not be too great i hope because it is essentially a negative one namely the commission is sure that there will be no injury to its workers but it needs to document this fact for the record the aec official agreed that routine physical examination would be relatively fruitless since the ultimate objective is to determine the incidence of lung cancer which can be obtained best with a post-mortem examination on the other hand the official noted the attitude of the western reserve group with whom the aec was proposing to contract for the study is that physical examinations are a useful means for maintaining close contact with people and will improve the chances of getting post-mortem information in sum after the manhattan project the governing presumption to which the advisory committee found little exception has been that biomedical human radiation experiments should not be classified but the presumption included important qualifications some of which were hidden at the time and others of which may be beyond our ability to retrieve and reconstruct these qualifications are shortcomings and legitimate cause for public concern especially when held up to the ideals publicly espoused by the aec's initial leaders human data gathering connected with bomb tests and intentional releases national security secrecy and public opinion the view that a line needed to be drawn to ensure that human radiation experiments were not too closely associated with secret-keeping was not easily translated to settings where entire groups of people were placed at risk by environmental releases of radiation. In March 1951, as we have just noted, Shields Warren advised Los Alamos to avoid secrecy in human experimentation warren and other aec officials also told the military of their concern for public repercussions if human experiments were conducted in close proximity to government secret keeping at the same time however warren and other aec biomedical experts were called on to advise on nuclear weapons activities that might place entire populations at risk here the question of public disclosure was more difficult to resolve in may nineteen fifty one for example as discussed in the introduction warren chaired a secret meeting in los alamos to consider the safety concerns of the first underground test of a nuclear weapon the record of the meeting shows that warren and other experts worried that fallout from the tests could endanger citizens around the nevada test site the public was not given access to the discussion of testing that the participants were concerned might endanger surrounding communities press information stressed the absence of public danger as we saw in the discussion of intentional releases chapter eleven little or no information was contemporaneously made public about the radiological warfare tests at dugway the Raylaw tests at los alamos or the green run at hanford national security required some degree of secrecy but whether more could or should have been disclosed is unclear in retrospect in the case of at least the dugway tests secrecy was fueled by concern that the public might not understand the tests and might question the program 
atmospheric nuclear weapons tests were in contrast to the intentional releases and underground nuclear weapons tests much more difficult to keep secret in chapter ten we saw that activities could simultaneously have elements of deep secrecy and appear as front-page news a then-secret report on the desert rock exercises observed it was a constant source of amusement at the camp that the newspapers carried accounts of the atomic tests which included information usually accurate which the men had been expressly forbidden to reveal at the same time that the bomb tests were highly publicized basic information on the risks to participants was not public secrecy summarized barton hacker author of a doe sponsored history of the bomb test program so shrouded the test program that such matters as worker safety could not then emerge as subjects of public debate once bomb tests became routine fallout presented a further opportunity and obligation for the government to sponsor data gathering including human subject data gathering it did so on a global scale as discussed in chapter twelve the research on the marshall islanders to measure fallout effects began in secret due to possible adverse public reaction the director of the research project was counseled those involved should limit discussions of the research to those with a need to know the marshall islands research was only one component of a worldwide data gathering program that was constructed and operated in substantial secrecy until the latter part of the nineteen fifties the advisory committee was not created to study atomic bomb testing or the related debate about the effects of fallout however the human subject research related to bomb test fallout also presents questions about openness and secrecy in human research and the ethics of human data gathering end of section sixty seven